world today to think that God would accept all religions equally, that God thinks that, you know, any religion is as good as the other. Es una idea popular pensar que Dios acepta todas las religiones igualmente. You're in good company. And you know, that sounds very tolerant, doesn't it? Suena muy tolerante. It feels very generous. It seems very kind. Parece muy bondadoso y generoso. But a couple of weeks ago, I said something that I think we need to remember, and it's this. When it comes to understanding God, when it comes to making sense of who God is, we must not depend upon our own limited human ideas or human opinions about the way that we think God should be or what we think should be right or should be fair or should be good. Cuando se trata de comprender quién es Dios, no debemos depender de nuestras propias opiniones de cómo es Dios y qué es justo. Why is that? Well, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 in the Bible tells us why. Isaiah 55, verse 8 says this. I'm going to get to it because I didn't mark it. There it is. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Mis pensamientos no son los de ustedes, ni sus caminos son los míos, afirma el Señor. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Mis caminos y mis pensamientos son más altos que los de ustedes, más altos que los cielos sobre la tierra. What is that telling us? It's telling us God doesn't think about things the way we do. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Los pensamientos de Dios son más altos que los nuestros. And so when we come to any subject, including this particular subject, We need God to show us what he's thinking. We need God to reveal to us his thoughts about whose worship he accepts. Tenemos que ver qué piensa Dios, qué revela Dios acerca de, de la adoración de quien él acepta. Well, thankfully, God does that. God does give us some light on our path about whose worship he accepts. And I think this story from John chapter 4 is a very helpful story in that regard. Nos ayuda con esta historia de Juan capítulo 4. Now here, as I said before, we find Jesus and he, he meets up with this woman, this Samaritan woman in the, uh, an area called Samaria, north of Jerusalem. He meets her at the well in her village. Jesús se encuentra con esta mujer samaritana en un pozo en su pueblo. And they strike up a conversation. And in the course of that conversation, Jesus is able to draw out from the well of this woman's heart that she has a very sinful past and she has a very sinful present. Jesús saca del pozo de su corazón que ella tiene un pasado y un presente pecaminosos. She's had five husbands. She's run through five men and now she's on number six and has not even gotten married to him. Ha tenido cinco maridos y ahora está casado, no casado con otro, el sexto. And she does what I think any of us would do if we were confronted in that way with our, with our sin, with our past, with a, an uncomfortable thing like that. Well, what's the best thing to do? Change the subject. So she changes this subject and decides to talk instead about religion. Let's talk about something safe. Let's talk about religion. Vamos a hablar de la religión, ella dice. Ella cambia de tema. In verse 19, she says, I can see that you're some sort of a prophet. Our forefathers worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where 
We must worship as in Jerusalem. Me doy cuenta que eres profeta. Nuestros antepasados adoraron en este monte, pero ustedes, los judíos, dicen que el lugar donde debemos adorar está en Jerusalén. Now, to understand this comment, to understand what she's driving at, I think it's important for us to have a little background information. And so Bible scholars can help us here to understand who were the Samaritans. ¿Quiénes eran los samaritanos? What did the Samaritans believe in? ¿En qué creían los samaritanos? Well, according to Bible experts, the Samaritans were a people that had Jewish roots. They had Jewish roots, but they were not Jewish. They, they were a separate ethnic group. Eran judíos, tenían raíces judías, pero eran un grupo étnico separado. And they believed in God, creían en Dios, but they only affirmed the first five books of the Bible as the word of God. Solo aceptaban los primeros cinco libros de la Biblia como palabra de Dios. Only the first five books of Moses were what they believed were God's word. Solo creían en los libros de Moisés. In fact, according to the Samaritans, Moses was the only acceptable prophet for them. They only believed in Moses. Solo creían en Moisés como el profeta. And so what Moses said, that's what they were going to do. Now, in fact, they thought Moses was like this big guy, you know, like this superhuman figure. He was almost bigger than life. And Moisés era un hombre como sobrehumano. And based on their reading then of Moses, they had some interesting beliefs. They believed that the only place where you could truly connect with God and worship God was on a mountain in the middle of Samaria called Mount Gerizim. And that was based on their reading of the Bible. Creían que solo podía, se podía adorar a Dios en el Monte Gerizim. This mountain was about 30 miles north of Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem also has a little mountain on it called Mount Zion where the temple is. Los judíos adoran el Monte Sion donde está el templo. But they believe no. You have to be on Mount Gerizim. In fact, they believed that just about anything happening with God in the Bible happened on Mount Gerizim. Creían que todos los eventos importantes pasaron allí. For example, they believed that Adam and Eve were created from the dust of Mount Gerizim. Adán y Eva fueron creados del polvo del Monte Gerizim. Interesting. They also believed that before his brother Cain killed him, Abel offered his acceptable sacrifice to God on Mount Gerizim. Antes de matarlo, Caín, Abel ofreció su sacrificio en el monte Gerizim. Again, quite interesting. After the flood, Noah stopped and he worshipped God. Guess where he worshipped God? Yeah, of course, on Mount Gerizim. Después del diluvio, Noé adoró a Dios en el monte Gerizim. Finally, when Jacob had the dream of the ladder coming down from heaven to earth, guess where the ladder landed? You got it, Mount Gerizim. Cuando Jacob soñó con la, la escalera que vino del cielo, cayó en el monte Gerizim. So everything having to do with God happened there. So when this woman says, we worship God here, but you guys say you should worship God in Jerusalem, she's doing something very significant. She's saying, hey, we don't believe the same thing. Our religions are different. Cuando ella dice, ustedes adoran Jerusalén, nosotros acá, ella dice, nuestras religiones son distintas. We have some differences here. Now, I think we can learn something from this. Podemos aprender algo aquí. What can we learn? I think we can learn that 
It's okay to give up this naive idea that all religions are basically the same. That's a naive idea. Es ingenua, es una idea ingenua pensar que todas las religiones son iguales. All religions are not the same. All religions are different. Las religiones son distintas. Not all religions say basically the same thing. In fact, did you know not all religions are even religions? No todas las religiones son religiones. Confucianism is more of a belief system that is a philosophy. El confucianismo es una filosofía. Atheism is a religion that basically rejects religion. El ateísmo es una religión que rechaza la religión. Not all religions are religions. And here's another thing. Not all religions have the same goal. No todas las religiones tienen la misma meta. The goal of Hinduism, roughly, is to go through a process of eternal reincarnation. Every time you live and die, you get reincarnated. And the goal is to reach a better status or karma. El hinduismo dice que uno está reencarnado eternamente para estar en un mejor estatus o karma. That's the goal of Hinduism. You've got to keep getting better. But the goal of Buddhism is to not exist at all. As someone said, the goal of Buddhism is to disappear like a drop in the ocean. La meta del budismo es de desaparecerse como una gota en el océano. They don't have the same goal. Not talking about the same thing. And not all religions are pointed to the same deity. They don't, some don't even have a deity. Some have millions of deities. Algunas religiones tienen millones de dioses. Now, the Bible reveals to us, the Bible tells us that God is one God who eternally exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. La Biblia nos revela que Dios es una, un Dios en tres personas, Padre, Hijo, Espíritu Santo. But Islam teaches that God is just one person. Islam dice que Dios es solo una persona. And to associate any other person with God in Islam is called shirk. That's the greatest sin imaginable. Asociar otra persona con Dios en Islam es el pecado más grande. So here's the weird thing. What is the greatest sin in Islam is for us the greatest blessing of them all that God is one God in three persons. Lo que es el pecado más grande de Islam es, el, es la bendición más grande de los cristianos. And now to throw this one into the mix, Hinduism, Hinduism says that every person is God. Every single one of you is God, and God is everything. It's called pantheism. Hinduismo dice que todas las personas son Dios, y todo es Dios. Here's the thing. They can't all be right, because they're not saying the same thing. They're not after the same thing. They are not in the same league. They're just different. No todos pueden tener razón, porque son distintas. This This woman picked up on that. And that's why she says, okay, Jesus, here we go. You guys say this, I say that. Who is right? Who does God accept? ¿Quién acepta Dios? Well, Jesus begins to clarify things a little bit here. In, in verse 21, miremos el versículo 21. Jesus says to her, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. 
Crema mujer se acerca la hora en que ni en este monte ni en Jerusalén adorarán ustedes al Padre. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Ustedes adoran lo que no conocen. Nosotros adoramos lo que conocemos porque la salvación proviene de los judíos. Now, first of all, it's interesting to note here that, that Jesus is not afraid at all to point out to this woman where she's in the dark. Jesús le señala donde está en la oscuridad. He says, you Samaritans, you worship what you don't know. Ustedes adoran a lo que no conocen. Now, Jesus isn't necessarily trying to offend her. He's not trying to insult her necessarily. No quiere ofender o insultarla. He's speaking the truth. Él habla la verdad. Because again, Bible scholars help us out here. They tell us that the Samaritans believed that God is beyond knowing. You can't really know God. Los samaritanos creen que no se puede conocer a Dios. Es más allá del conocimiento. They believe that God was beyond describing, that you couldn't really speak of God or know God in any significant way. Uno no puede hablar ni conocer a Dios. And so when this Jesus says you're worshiping what you don't know, he's, he's telling the truth. Él dice la verdad. They worshiped literally what they did not know. Adoraban a lo que no conocían. It reminds me of another conversation that we find in Acts chapter 17, verse 23. Hechos 17, 23. Paul, the early church leader, has this conversation with some philosophers in the Greek city of Athens. Pablo habla los filósofos de Atenas. And there he says this, as I walked around your city and carefully looked at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. What you worship is something unknown, I'm going to proclaim to you. Al pasar y fijarme en los lugares sagrados, encontré incluso un altar con esa inscripción a un Dios desconocido. Pues eso que ustedes adoran como algo desconocido es lo que yo les anuncio. So Paul basically said the same thing. Hey, you guys are worshiping what you don't know. Let me tell you about this thing, this God that you don't know. Adoran a lo que no saben. So hey, Jesus here is, is being accurate. He's not just trying to get into an argument. But very soon we find in these verses that Jesus is going to move beyond comparing religions. That's not Jesus' point. El punto no es comparar las religiones. He moves beyond that very quickly. Uh, he says, hey, the time is coming when the real issue is not going to be about religion. The real issue is not uh, worshiping in Jerusalem or worshiping here. That's not the point. Viene la hora donde ni en Jerusalén ni acá van a adorar a Dios. There's coming a time where it will not matter if you're on Mount Zion or it won't matter if you're on Mount Gerizim. That will not be the issue. Viene un tiempo donde no importa si estás en Sion o en Gerizim. And then in verse 23, he says this. A time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Se acerca la hora y ha llegado ya en que los verdaderos adoradores rendirán culto al Padre en espíritu en verdad porque así quiere el Padre que sean los que le adoren. Jesus is saying something radical here. He's saying from this point on, the worship that God accepts 
will not be on the basis of religion. On the basis of human efforts to reach up to God. On the basis of human uh, 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 direction. It won't be based on that. Desde ahora en adelante la adoración que Dios acepta no se basa en la religión. Esfuerzos humanos para llegar a Dios. See, we need to understand that religion starts with us and it's directed to get to God. It's how I get there. That's why they often worshiped on mountains. Mountains are higher up. Maybe we're just a little bit closer to God that way. Time is coming when, when worshiping God will not be acceptable based on religion. A time has come now where the acceptable worship of God will be based on relationship. Ahora la adoración aceptable va a ser basado en la relación. And the relationship will be started by God. The Father has come. God has, the God of the universe, the one we sang about just a few minutes ago, He has come and He is seeking out people who will worship Him. El Padre del Universo está buscando a gente para adorarlo a Él. And so it will not be based on connecting with a place But true worship will be based on connecting with a person, with the Spirit and the truth of God. Se basa en conectarse no con un lugar, sino una persona con la, el Espíritu de la verdad de Dios. Verse 24, God is Spirit and His worshipers must worship in Spirit and in truth. Dios es Espíritu y quienes lo adoran deben hacerlo en Espíritu y en verdad. It is relationship. God coming to us. Not religion, us getting to God. Es una relación Dios que baja nosotros y no nosotros que llegamos a Dios. This is something this woman can't even begin to comprehend. In fact, in verse 25, she says, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything. Sé que viene el Mesías al que llaman Cristo respondió la mujer él nos explicará todas las cosas Moses had told them there would be another prophet like him afterwards that would come and would explain everything that would be the Messiah Moisés les dijo que habría otro profeta que les explicaría todo she says I don't understand what you're talking about but I know that when that special prophet that the prophet Moses talked about comes called the Messiah he will explain everything to us and it's at that point that Jesus says guess what that's me I'm standing right in front of you ese soy yo el que habla contigo dice Jesús here's the bottom line God does not accept people on the basis of their religion, on how they worship or how they live or how good they are or what they do. Absolutely no one is acceptable to God on the basis of their own efforts. Dios no acepta a las personas basadas en su religión, ni en su moralidad, ni en sus acciones buenas. A nadie. God doesn't accept any of what we do. God can only accept people on the basis of a relationship 
with the one person that God accepts. And the only one that God accepts is the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Dios nos acepta basado en una relación con la única persona que Dios acepta que es su hijo Jesús. It is through Jesus the Messiah who has come seeking us that we have a connection with God in spirit and in truth. Por medio del Mesías que viene a buscarnos tenemos conexión con Dios en espíritu y en verdad. And that is not anything we can earn. That is not anything we can, we can uh, uh, receive by our own efforts. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 in the Bible says, you are saved by grace through faith. Son salvos mediante o por medio de la gracia mediante la fe. Salvation doesn't come from religion. Jesus said salvation is from the Jews and in some way he's saying, yeah, that's true because the Messiah comes out of the Jews but salvation is not through the Jews. Salvation is through the one person whom God accepts and God gives that person as a gift. You've been saved by grace, by a gift through faith and that's not from yourself. It is not by your efforts or works so that no one can boast. Son salvos por la gracia mediante la fe eso no es de ustedes, no por obras para que nadie se jacte. It is the free gift of Jesus and not any religious system that makes a person acceptable to God. Es el regalo de Jesús y ningún sistema religioso que nos hace aceptables a Dios. So this is the thing. Uh, the way to God is not going to be through particular ceremonies or rituals or gestures or moral behavior. Camino a Dios no es por medio de ceremonias, ritos, gestos, etc. The way to God is through the person of Jesus. There's a theologian by the name of Scott Oliphant. And Scott Oliphant says this. Un teólogo dice esto. In almost every religion, you get yourself out of your problems by being better. By being good. By trying harder. En cada religión te sacas de tus problemas intentando ser mejor. Look at any other belief system. Somewhere in there, there's a grain of this. You've got to do something. You've got to try harder. You've got to work more. In Christianity, Scott Oliphant says, God alone can solve the problem that you bring into the world. La fe cristiana, Dios solo puede resolver el problema que causas en el mundo. That's the difference. God solves the problem that we as a human race have brought into the world by giving us the person of his son. He comes to where we are. He seeks people. He connects with us through his son, Jesus, in order then that the son may bring us to where God is because we can't get there. El hijo viene a nuestro encuentro para traernos a donde está Dios. In fact, in John chapter 14, Jesus said, 
Uh, I'm going to prepare a place for you with my father. Voy a prepararles un lugar con el padre, dice Jesús en Juan 14. And he says, you can know the place where I'm going. Pueden conocer ese camino. And Thomas, one of the followers of Jesus, speaks up. He says, what? How can we know the way to go there? ¿Cómo podemos conocer el camino? Dice Tomás. And Jesus says, don't you get it? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Yo soy el camino, la verdad y la vida. Nadie llega al Padre sino por mí, dice Jesús. So let's be clear here. Let's be crystal clear. God does not accept the worship of all religions equally. God does not accept the worship of all religions equally. Dios no acepta la adoración de todas las religiones igualmente. No. But here's the thing. That should not make us as followers of Jesus Christ think that we are superior in any way to anybody else. No debemos sentirnos superiores. Uh, author Tim Keller says this. He says, here's the deal. Everyone believes they are right. Todos creen tener razón. You've maybe heard people say, all oh, those Christians, they always think they're right, nobody else. Eso cristiano piensa que tienen razón y nadie más. Well, guess what? Buddhists think they're right and nobody else. Hindus, atheists think they're right. Muslims. Even those who think that all religions are basically the same think that they're right and everybody else is wrong. Los que piensan que las religiones son las mismas piensan tener razón. Everybody believes they're right. That's not the point. That's not the point. No es el punto. The point is this, Tim Keller says, as Christians, we have something in the middle of our Christian faith that should destroy any feeling or any sense of being self-righteous or superior to anybody else. In fact, my Buddhist neighbor may be actually a better person than I am. Hay algo en nuestra fe que destruye nuestra superioridad. And what is it that destroys our superiority, our self-righteousness? We're not saved by religion either. We're saved by grace, the gift of God. Somos salvos mediante la gracia de Dios. The gift of Jesus Christ. Our righteousness does not come from having the right religion, the right worship, the right morality. Our salvation comes from having a connection with the right person. The one person that God accepts. Somos conectados no por la religión correcta, sino por la persona correcta que Dios acepta. And that's the difference. So, God's word, I think, would encourage us not to be self-righteous, but we can humbly come to people and we can truly say, God accepts anyone, anyone who accepts the one person whom God accepts. Dios acepta cualquiera que acepta la única persona al que acepta Dios. That's an open invitation to you. 
I think we can learn from, we can learn from Paul, we can learn from Jesus how to engage in conversations with people who may have a different kind of worship or a different belief system. I think part of it is for us to be aware, we can learn and understand what other people believe. Podemos aprender lo que creen los demás, but I think the key is to find a connecting point there's something maybe in those other belief systems that we can connect with and then point people to Jesus. Podemos conectar con algo en esa creencia para señalar a Jesús. For example, almost every other belief system, you can get people to admit there's something wrong with the world. There's something in this world that's not right. I mean, almost everybody can say, you know, this is what's wrong with the world. En las otras religiones todos tienen un sentido de que algo no está bien. It's like a train running in the background, right? There's something wrong here. What's going on? But as Christians we can say, here's how Jesus addresses what's wrong with our world. Así Jesús enfrenta lo que no está bien con nuestro mundo. And we can say, here's where Jesus makes all the difference. Worship Him. Worship Him. Adoralo a Él. He is the only one who God accepts. Él es el único al que Dios acepta. And that's good news. He's come down to live the perfectly acceptable life to die for our place. El ha llegado a morir en nuestro lugar. In fact, he died on the one mountain that matters, Mount Calvary, in the greatest act of worship, the only act of worship that was acceptable to God, his sacrifice for us. El murió en Calvario en un acto de adoración que Dios acepta. And he's risen again. He's alive. The founder of our religion is alive. Fundador de nuestra religión es vivo. Worship Him. He is the one. Él es el único. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? God, I pray that through this we can be encouraged. Again, as we're trying to make sense of things, Lord, there's a part of us that, that wants to respect and to care for people who may believe differently than we are. But, oh God, we also pray that we would not hide this treasure that we have that Jesus reveals to us the Father. Ayúdanos, Señor, a, a, a entablar conversaciones, Señor, a no esconder este tesoro que nos has dado, de que Jesús nos revela quién es el Padre. I pray that as we have our class tonight, for those that are coming, and, and as we continue to read your word, that we'll get clearer on what it is that you have shown us about who you are, and that we can trust this word. It is reliable. Ayúdanos a aclarar cada vez más quién tú eres. We thank you most of all for Jesus. Lord Jesus, we know that without you, we don't have a prayer. But with you, we are accepted and given a place in the Father's house. And we thank you for that. Sin ti, no hay ninguna esperanza, Señor Jesús. Pero contigo, tenemos aceptación del Padre y un lugar en su casa. Gracias. Thank you. It's in that name, the name of the only one you accept, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.